Welcome to Patient Stories. My name is Dr. Bertrand Liang, and these are tales about some remarkable people whom I've met through the opportunity of being a physician. Technology Fungibility. Mrs. T was a woman who entered my clinic because of seizures. She worked at one of the local universities as a professor in oceanography and was fairly well known uh, as a media personality who'd been interviewed because of various issues regarding the encroachment of oceans by landfills and buildings to make high-cost condos with great views. She was well known to be a tough proponent for the coastlines and didn't really pull any punches at all on the radio or TV when a developer's views were brought up. The challenge that Mrs. T came to see me about was that despite having seizures since she was young, she was having some problems with control recently and had her, as she termed it, little events about once a week, according to her husband. She stares off mid-sentence, then starts up again, usually on another topic, he noted to me as we discussed the patient's case. The patient had been on the same anti-seizure medications for years, and in actuality, it was somewhat surprising that her old neurologist, who'd retired, had switched her to a newer agent, given the side effects of the older drug. I don't know, said Mrs. T. Leave well enough alone, I guess. But these frequent events are now really causing a problem. I understood what that meant, since she'd at the outset outlined the issue for me. She could handle not driving until we got these seizures under control, but she dived in the ocean almost every week for her research on the coast, and she was adamant that she could not give that up. What am I supposed to do? Cancel my grant while I get my little ones under control? Doctor, you've had government grants before. I don't think they have a lot of compassion for medical issues. I nodded, but also knew that safety had to be all of our initial concern. Mr. T, however, was more sanguine of the limitations. We need to be sure you're not having events down below, he noted with a practiced calm. You have postdocs and grad students. They can report to you after their dives. Mrs. T was more than skeptical and let her husband know this. I interrupted both of them to first try to understand the seizures better and as well her other medication history. Finally, we tried to figure out why she might be having more of the seizures now rather than what she'd experienced before where she'd not have seizures for years. Doctor, it could be anything. I'm more stressed at work Grant renewals are harder and harder. I've got three interviews this week, two local and one national, on the NewsHour program. And there's that constant battle with those developers who seem to think that we're going to give up the cove. I think the lack of sleep doesn't help this. Certainly, the patient could be right. Her constant schedule and working with little sleep could aggravate her seizure disorder but it was the suddenness that bothered me. And while she'd had a CT scan of her brain, which apparently had shown, as the radiologist note, no acute pathology, it still felt odd that the seizures were back, despite being exactly how they'd been described as far back as her old neurologist had noted. Momentary loss of time was his note and description, 
which certainly was true and succinct. After finishing her examination, I said, Mrs. T, everything looks pretty much okay. However, I still can't really figure out why you should be having an aggravation of your seizures. I think we need to get an MRI scan and change your medications to something new. Mrs. T noted that changing the medications is what her primary care doctor said to expect during this visit, but not the MRI scan. Why do we need that? I had the other one done. I've had these little ones for a long time. What are we looking for? Noting that I didn't have a great set of expectations, I told the patient it was just strange that she'd have a sudden reoccurrence of seizures, and we needed just to look a little bit more closely with a more detailed scan. A hunch, said Mrs. T with a wry smile. I can buy that. Changed the patient's medications with a schedule of gradually tapering off her old medications and starting the new ones, which actually were more convenient for the patient since they were given less frequently during the day. About a week later, I was called by the radiologist to come take a look at the scan. It was Mrs. T's. As we started to go through the evaluation, I looked at the sagittal or side orienting view and saw what the radiologist was going to point out to me in more detail. There was a small mass on the covering of the brain, which was in the part that separates the top or cortical part from the back or cerebellar part of the brain. Meningioma most likely, said the radiologist as I pointed to the mass on the MRI. How did CT miss that, I asked, almost to no one but myself. Easy, said the radiologist. You can see it here. It's absolutely obscured by the bone artifact. It's not that large and it doesn't either compress the brainstem or cortex to any real degree, but it is there. I wondered if this was causing the patient's symptoms or was this just incidental? Regardless, it complicated the patient's clinical status, that was for sure. I thanked the radiologist and went back to my office to get the patient back to see me sooner rather than later. I was able to relay the patient's MRI scan results to her before the next appointment. So when the patient came back to see me with her husband, she knew that she most likely had a meningioma. We discussed whether this could be the cause of her seizures, and I noted that it certainly could, although only by taking it out will we know for sure. Well, since I've been on that other drug, I've not had any other little events noted the patient, which was corroborated by her husband. So at least that works. I asked the patient if she'd like me to refer her to neurosurgery for an evaluation, and she asked if I thought she needed surgery. Well, right now, I don't think so. And if it needed to be treated, we could do surgery or use radiation therapy as well. But since your seizures are controlled for now, it might not be necessary to treat currently. The patient thought momentarily about this and then noted, my husband said that brain surgery could also be done by robot. Is that true? I noted that yes, many microneurosurgeries could be done this way and that I would be happy to refer her for that evaluation as well. I think that's something I should do, said the patient, at least get an opinion. 
Mrs. T went to see one of our younger neurosurgeons who was affiliated with one of the local practices. He thought that doing microsurgery and using some advanced technology certainly could be done. When I spoke with him, he noted that the patient was very interested in the approach, almost more than her own operation. The next time I saw the patient, she reported that she decided to go ahead with the operation and that her seizures had not recurred. But the most important thing is that I figured out what to do about diving, she noted happily. I was about to tell her that she needed to be free of seizures for at least three, if not six months before I could clear her for going back in the water, and even with that, with a companion. But she interrupted me. I know, I know, but I know how I'm going to get around this, she said proudly. I'm going to have my students carry and program a robot so that I can see what they do down below. While it won't be exactly the same, it'll be okay for the next few months while I recover. It was thinking about my own surgery that made me realize that there are other ways we can see. Again, she smiled. Technology to the rescue, she concluded again, smiling more broadly. Indeed, in more ways than one. Thank you for joining me for Patient Stories. Be happy, be healthy, and find peace.